welcome to the Nature's Mike podcast. In today's episode, we will be discussing Grand Canyon National Park with our guest, David Ronan. David has spent a lot of time within the park and has been able to partake in a very unique experience there. Hey, David, how you doing? Good, good. Good to be here, Evan. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, uh, Grand Canyon National Park, you know, it's, it's really big. It's really spacious. There's just like a ton of things to do there. So, like, have you been to Grand Canyon National Park more than once, or like how many times have you been there? Um, I think we have probably I've probably been there maybe five times over the years. Okay, okay. Um, so you know, like of all those times that you've been there, you know, there's there's a lot of things to see kind of out west in America, like a lot of canyons, a, a lot of cool things. So like, what do you think? Like, if you're comparing Grand Canyon to other places, because there's, like, a lot of canyons out west. You know, you can go to Canyonlands sure. National Park, and just, you can find a lot of cool things out there. But what do you think, like, makes Grand Canyon uh, unique compared to other other parks? I think it's, it's I mean, it, the scale of it is pretty, pretty huge. Just that the, it's so enormous. Uh, I do think that, that one thing, to get the full experience of, Grand Canyon, you really have to do more than just like look from the rim. And I think I've, I've actually heard of some, some people kind of being disappointed with it because they're just, you know, they're just looking over at the viewpoints along the, along like the road and stuff or along the, the rim trail. So I think going, going hiking down into the Canyon or, or rafting or hiking or do, doing something where you get, where you get down into the Canyon, it really gives you a different perspective. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I've been there, let me think, I think I've been there twice now. And, yeah, you know, it can kind of be a little underwhelming if you kind of just stay on the rim like that and you don't really go down into it. And even, I mean, you know, you can take trails that take you uh, halfway down there or something like that or, or not too far. But, I mean, I've never actually, I haven't ventured that far inside of the canyon but uh, I can imagine that it kind of changes changes the experience as a whole and, like, how you view Grand Canyon itself. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it definitely does. You really get a feel for the just the, the immense, just the scale of it when you, when you go down. When you, when you spend, you know, hours walking and you're still going, you know, down into the canyon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So earlier you mentioned, you know, that people can go to the rims and stuff. So I pretty sure it's just the north and south rim that you can go to. So have you been to both or just one or the other? I've been to, to we've been to both. I did. I have not spent much time at the, at the north rim. That was, that was a long time ago, but it's, it, the north rim is, is a bit, a bit different and, it, and it's certainly much, much less crowded, but we did the, um, we did, we rafted. That was the longest, longest trip. Cause that takes quite a, quite a while to do that. And then, the first time I went there, I, I had um, went right. I guess it was right early college and did a little bit of backpacking. That was also a cool, a cool. Oh trip. wow! So you, down to Phantom Ranch. So you did backpacking from the North Rim. You said from that one we did from the South. Oh, okay. so did like, you, you know you guys trip a little bit? Like, was that did you go halfway down in the canyon or like all the way to the bottom? Like. So that trip, I think we would have done, it's been, that was a long time ago. So that was probably like, like, like 1995 where I was on, we did this, I did this road trip 
with two uh, a girl I went to high school with and her friend um, started at the at the south at the south rim and hiked backpack down to the bottom down to the Colorado River to to Phantom Ranch is where like they it it's been there a long I think it was built by the the CCC back in that era but they still you can go down there and camp you can rent um rent a room there and we stayed um and we did so we we had we were able to get uh reservations i think we stayed one night in the tent and one night at uh phantom ranch and then hiked back up a different trail up um from 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 the bottom so i'd imagine in a place like that it's it's like pretty desolate all around except for maybe just the camp itself maybe there's some other backpackers there but was it pretty just you feel like you were really just kind of out in the middle of nowhere yeah you did definitely did because there's not there's not there was not many people there because most people would be the people it was mostly people going to and from the campground down there or the or the ranch and there there's there's not a lot of not a lot of slots for for camping down there so once you get once you get to the bottom there's really there was really not much traffic there and you didn't see many people it was pretty you know pretty isolated for sure yeah that sounds like a really sounds like a really interesting uh unforgettable experience so you know having been to both rims of the canyon is there one that you would like prefer over the other or say is better like you know well, I mean, I think I would like to go back to the North Rim because it's so much more like isolated and um, th- there's so many less people there. And mm-hmm. we kind of just went by and didn't it, it briefly and might have done a, a short hike or something, but just sort of went, didn't didn't spend much time there. And that was that was a long time ago. So I've been mostly spent been to the to the south rim which which there's a lot more there's a lot more access points and, and trailheads and visitor centers and things to do on the the south rim but I, we we've tended especially in the recent years to try to go f- further and further out into the backcountry when we can and and just try to avoid the crowds more so I, I would definitely like to go back to the north rim at some point yeah, I've never been, I haven't gotten to the North Rim yet. I've been to the South Rim each time that I've gone, but I, I would really like to get out to the North Rim to kind of, you know, it's good to get away from the crowds, especially in like a national park, because you go to so many right. of the national parks out west, and there's just mobs of tourists everywhere, and it it can kind of take away from like the experience that you're trying to get, trying to get there. It can. I, I was talking with a, with a, a friend about it just a, a couple of days ago, and, and the I would like to look into the numbers and see, but the annual visitation to these some of these western parks has just gone up, up, and up to the point where now they're having, you know, reservations. You have to make reservations to get into some of the parks. We were talking about um, someone had just come from my friend had just visited Rocky Mountain National Park in in Colorado, and it's so I think part of the problem there is it's so close to Denver where there's so many people. Mm-hmm. in that Denver metropolitan area that, that they have instituted, the National Park has instituted that, like, re- reservation just to get into the park, which that's just really hard for me to stomach, thinking of making a reservation just to, you know, to get into the park, not not camping or staying overnight or doing the most popular trail or 
you know, doing some planned activity just to go into the park, you have to make a reservation. Wow. I haven't, I haven't heard of that. So yeah, they're, they're thinking about implementing that just like a reservation kind of fee just to visit. I don't know about Grand Canyon. Um, but they they've they've done it at other other places like Rocky Mountain and they've done it at uh, Arches, I think they've done it at, at other other parks as well. But I don't I do not know specifically if they're if they're planning on doing it at Grand Canyon or not. Yeah, I'm not sure, but that's that's interesting. I haven't heard about that um, for other parks in general. But that's interesting to see if they'll try to implement that on a wide scale. Because I mean. I can't see why visitation would really go down, but, uh, you know, who knows? So, you know, kind of going away from sort of, um, or well, maybe this is similar to what we talked about, but so in the times that you've been there, uh, have you seen any unique wildlife other than maybe just like a bird or some of like the squirrels that they have around there? Have you seen any sort of, you know, animal that, that was, we saw when we were there, um, when we did the the rafting trip, we um, we saw a ton. It was in in early. I think it was early October that trip, and and uh, it was it was during kind of the elk like mating season. So we saw a lot of elk on that trip, and it would like up really close. They kind of get acclimated. So around some of the main lodge areas. I remember the one morning we were starting to hike down to the, um, we started, we were starting to hike down to the, to, um, to the Phantom Ranch area where we would get on the, on the boat. Um, we, we were, a guide was going to meet us at, um, at the trailhead. And so we were walking, we, we stayed in the park and we're walking to the trailhead. And as we're walking like up, like through parking lots and up towards, um, the main, one of the main lodges, we saw these elk and, and we were, it, it was still dark because we we're, we're, they wanted to start the hike really, really early. So it was still dark. We had headlamps on and we see these, the, Bryce thought they were, thought it was statues because they were really still and they were really, and they, they were kind of right in front of the lodge, like kind of blocking the entrance to the lodge. They were, and there was probably half a dozen of these elk just, just just hanging out there right in front of the lodge and that was that was pretty cool and the day before we had been we got there a day early just just in case we didn't want to miss have anything happen with with a flight delay and end up missing the trip or something so we got there a day early and so the extra day we rented bikes and we're biking along the canyon road and uh got up a lot of speed coming down a hill and come around a corner and there's a, like a pack of elk just in the, in the road. And so we, you know, oh, wow. slam on the brakes. So you don't run into an elk. That was pretty cool. Seeing all of them, a couple of them were bugling and stuff. That was pretty cool. Mm. That, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And, and I'll, I'll circle back to that rafting trip in a minute. Cause I sure. want to get more into that, but um, no, that's, that's really cool, especially to see elk, you know, you kind of wonder what sort of wildlife you you'll see in Grand Canyon because I mean it is a pretty desolate place, especially right. once you go down um, once you go down below the rims. But um, you know, knowing that there's there's elk down there, that's just kind of that, that's very interesting to know, and I I think it it kind of adds to the sort of what's the word I'm looking for S- sort of like the 
I don't want to say ruggedness, but well, I guess the wildness of the terrain, sure. you know, yeah, like uh, just the fact that you can see out there, just like you said, you know, you're, you're biking down the road and you got to watch out for elk. That's a very, it's just a very um, kind of fun thing to think about when, when going to the park. Sure. So, I agree. um, I also, I know that you have sort of an interest or, or a hobby in photography and, uh, the last guest that we had on here, um, talking about a different park, he, he was also very into photography. So, you know, how does your like interest in photography, how does that play into how you like view or interact and do things within the park? So, um, I, I, I do really love photography, but it is really my kind of approach to it's definitely changed over the years. Um, have you know i used to i used to buy a lot of cameras and camera equipment and stuff um because i think you could get so much better images from of an expensive like professional kind of camera setup and i still think there's definitely still there is still a difference for sure but even even the phone cameras now have gotten so good and some of the compact cameras um that I don't do a lot. I don't, I don't lug around a lot of camera gear anymore, but it definitely, I think, you know, the, the, one of the things with any kind of like nature and landscape photography is like what, what they call the golden hour. So like the, the basically right. It, it, the sun, sunrise and sunset, the lighting is so nice. You get these, these yellow and orange lights and the real soft lighting. Um, and, and if you notice, you'll notice that if you start looking at a lot of like like nature photography, that if it's not of an animal or something, if it's of a scene, then it's usually at like the golden hour at sun, sunset and sunrise because it just the sky is very pretty, the lighting is very interesting, and so we do tend to we tend to get up early when we're on out west. Also, the time change makes it easy to, to wake up early, and so you tend to see a lot of wildlife at those times which is all it's all, everybody likes to get pictures of, of wildlife. So we've definitely mm -hmm. do that. Try to try to um, be out and about and looking for, um, you know, things to photograph, whether it's a, just a, like uh, a landscape scene or wildlife, you know, being, being there like right around sun sunrise and sunset. Right. So you definitely think that, um, you know, a lot of your photos or something within Grand Canyon have maybe kind of been around the golden hour just because I, c I can also imagine, you know, there's uh, like one thing that people notice when they go to the canyon is the layer of colors in the rock and yes. kind of how you can see the different geological layers. So, you know, maybe you're like kind of trying to get a photo of how the gold, the sun and the golden hour at sunset like reflects those or kind of gives those a different kind of yes that's exactly that is exactly right because you see because we um i remember the one of the last times we went it was in uh it was more in the winter and it was unusually cold when we were there and we were we were hanging out around sunset and we set up some chairs on the on the rim we were we were we just like parked and taking taking some folding chairs up to the rim to kind of watch the sunset and it was it was very cold but it was it was really cool to see just to see the lighting change over over time 
um, we did in, in uh, you know, with, with the phone cameras and stuff, it's so easy to do like time-lapse photography or hyperlapse like video, the same kind of idea where you're, where you're compressing time through a series of photographs or a series of video clips. And, and it, it really is so cool. It, that used to be like a big project to do something like that, to do, you know, just to do one um, time-lapse kind of thing would be a, a really big project with a, with a, a, a professional level camera kind of thing. And now you can just do it with a tiny tripod in your phone, like a, like a portable tripod in your phone. And it looks, you know, it looks great. And it's really, it does allow you to kind of, you can watch the sky change, watch the layers of the Canyon change. And, you know, it's something that a lot of people don't get because, um, you know, you have to stay, you have to, you have to stay somewhere close by, or if you're not staying in the park and you have to get up early and all that, but definitely worth it to see that. And then in in your, and then to to the, also the photography part, like you are kind of limited by, um, I mean, you you are kind of limited by, yeah, I'd like to take all my pictures at those times a day, but that's not, that's not realistic. So, you know, you're on a trip and so you just kind of have to work with, with what you've got and, um, you know, the, the closer you are, I think, to, to like morning and evening, the better. The, 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 the pictures that, that you take in the middle of the day sometimes tend to not be as interesting just because you don't get as much variation in, in lighting and you get really harsh shadows and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, I think, I, I think definitely like hitting the sweet spots with those golden hours can kind of bring out, it sounds a little cheesy, but like the architectural beauty of the canyon and like, cause you know, For sure. cause you look over the landscape and it's kind of hard to believe that it's all just rock and that it wasn't like, you know, it, so some of it's, it's, it has a lot of spires and stuff like that and walls and it's very, very dramatic. But when you look at it at the golden hour, it's a lot different and a lot more uh, just, it's on a different scale really when you look at it at either of those golden hours compared to just in the middle of the day. Yeah, definitely. It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, very similar to that. So, like, do you have, do you have any particular memorable photos or like photos that you remember very well that were taken at Grand Canyon, or you know, maybe you posted it up in your office somewhere or something? Yeah, we've got like I'm trying to think. I know the um, the the river trip some of those pictures i've i've really enjoyed and some of those some of so i ended up on that trip um i took a portable camera and then i took um because you know we're on the boat a lot and so i just took i took uh my phone and put it in a waterproof case and i would say the majority of the pictures also one of the really central tenets in photography is like the the best camera is the camera that you have with you and so like if you have you can have a you know five thousand dollar professional camera but if it's not in your hand when something cool happens that you want to take a picture of it's doing you no good and so i went with that kind of principle on that trip and said well if i put if i get because even my digital my my digital compact camera it was not waterproof in any way so I'm like, I can't have that with me on the boat. 
and and be using it like while we're rafting and some of the waterproof cameras are really not that great they're kind of more for taking action photos and stuff so i said well what if i get just a waterproof case for the phone and that and i'll just keep the phone like in my pocket the whole time and and that ended up working out really well because you know it is is the phone the best camera like certain it's not especially you know years ago when we took the trip but i had it with me all the time so i was able to take you know a lot of pictures and and truthfully if you that's a big part of photography too you have to take a lot of pictures and so that's 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 one of the secrets of photography too that you learn early on you you take you don't you don't show everybody all your pictures because you know, you, the majority of them are not going to be very good. So if you if you take your, you know, if you take 100 pictures, you might only have like eight or 10 of them that are actually that you're really happy with. You feel like are really good pictures. And, you know, those are the ones that you show people. So people are like, oh, you're really good at taking pictures. Well, not I mean, maybe, but I also take a lot of pictures. So if you, you know, if, if you take a lot of pictures, you'll get more good pictures. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that, especially with something like Grand Canyon because you can, you know, you can walk for a certain distance along the rim or, or a certain part and it kind of looks the same or it looks a little different and you take like, you know, 10 pictures and, and then you walk for like an hour and it's like, oh, well, now this vista is like slightly different because I'm seeing it from right. this angle. And, and, and really, I think it's actually like, like paradoxically, it can be hard to get really good pictures it's some of these amazing parks because when you're there on the rim, you're taking it all in and you have all these, you know, feelings of seeing how cool it is. And you're, you know, you're with your family and you have this sense of you're finally there, you're finally getting to see it. And you want, you want your picture to convey that. And then you take, you take the picture and you're often pretty disappointed that it like, it just doesn't look like that experience and so it can be really it can be really difficult to to because because um you just you can't a lot of times these vista pictures like it's too big the scene is too big and you can't really convey that through 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 a picture especially through a small you know just through a small camera you know, a print that right. you're probably never going to blow up to, you know, poster size or anything. And it's like, you, you have to find ways to capture, you know, the feeling that you're having and the view that you're seeing when, when you can't, you know, sometimes just, just standing on the rim, like it looks very beautiful. And then you take a picture and you're like, well, it just sort of doesn't, something gets lost in the translation with it. And it's like, that's, it just doesn't look, you know, that visually appealing. Right. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that. So like, what do you think, like, you know, if you, if you took a picture from the rim or from anywhere in the, or in or around the Canyon and you were kind of thinking to yourself, you know, like you said, this doesn't really give justice to how it actually right. is. What's like a, what's a method that you might try to do or something that you would do different the next time to try to more capture just sure. how, how, well, so, we, you know, I think taking it, it like, um, in the golden hour is one thing, like we were saying, I think having some, um, I think, you know, when you take pictures of these, these like landscape kind of things or nature photography, you want to, you really want to look at the whole, 
you want to look at the whole scene and you want to have, you want to kind of say, okay, well, you know, you, you've got like a foreground, a middle ground and the background. And you really want, you want there to be something visually interesting in, in all three of those, you know, locations. So sometimes I think with the Vista type sh shots that you see, people that haven't really like thought much about, you know, photography or making an interesting image, you tend to just say, I want all of it. And that's kind of the back. That's really the, what you're really seeing is the background. And so you really want to try to frame the, frame your picture so that you have something like in the, in the foreground, an interesting rock formation or a tree or something like that. And then, then something also in the foreground helps give it, I mean, in the, in the middle, middle ground will help give it some depth. Uh, and then, and then of course the background, and a lot of these Vista shot, the background is, is great. You're good on the background because that's, that's all around. Um, but, but, you know, focusing on making sure that you have something in uh, the foreground and midground, you try to keep the, you really in general, like with that type of photography, you don't want the horizon to be in the middle of the photo it tends to be kind of boring when when you have like 50% land and 50% sky where the horizon goes right across the middle mm -hmm. you know with with the you, you tend to want to have you know move either you know if if the focus of what you're trying to convey is is the grand canyon then you tend to have maybe have more of the canyon in just a, like a, a smaller amount of sky in the picture or sometimes even in the Grand Canyon, maybe it's the, the, the sky, you know, is so beautiful because it's a sunset or something. And so you'll, and you'll have the sky take up more of the, of the picture because the clouds and the sky look so pretty. And then you have, a, you know, the smaller band of the, of the, you know, the Grand Canyon. So I think, I think you really you just have to try a lot of these things. And it, it's so much easier in the digital age because you can take, as many pictures as you want and you can easily look at the internet so you know back in the day i would have to i would go to the library and check out you know these coffee table type books that you see and just flip through those to see kind of how you know how people are taking images or look through you know things like national geographic magazine see how those professional photographers did things but now you can just easily see all these images on the internet and see okay like i you find a picture that you like that looks really cool. And then you try to decode it and say, well, why does it look so cool? What is it about the picture that makes it, why do I like it? Why am I drawn to it? And then you can kind of, you, you know, you basically just, you see what it, what it is and you can kind of copycat that and put your, put your own spin on it. When, you know, next time you're, you're out taking pictures. Right. Right. And I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with what you said about like, you know, putting images in, in the foreground or, kind of putting something in the foreground or in the middle of the picture it's, it's always funny because anytime i'm at like a national park or in front of a view and my dad wants to take a photo of the um of like the view he kind of he forces me to stand in, in front to take the picture and i, I get right. kind of annoyed but i mean it is a good point because he, he says the, the way he says it is that having a person in there makes it more interesting to look at but i think what it is is if you if if you put something in the middle of that your eyes like 
they tend to go to that thing in the middle, but then at the same time, it kind of gives whatever is behind that thing bigger scale. And Yeah, definitely. Having, having a person in it definitely gives scale. We had, I think it, that makes me think of we, um, a picture when we were in Joshua Tree uh, like a year ago, and, and uh, the pictures that we, we, we caught a great sunset there, and it was the same thing. I was trying to capture the scale, and I'm getting some of the Joshua trees in the sunset, but you couldn't really tell the scale because, like, you couldn't tell, is this a Joshua tree? You know, is this tree that you're seeing in this image, is it a tree that's, like, two feet tall or 20 feet tall? And you couldn't really tell. And then someone else that was taking pictures, they popped up way off in the distance, and they were like, so they were just a silhouette, like a, like a black silhouette, but it was a person. Mm-hmm. And so then that really, that just totally changed the image. Once I had a person in it that was far away because that gave the whole, that really did give scale. And you said, wow, this is a huge scale because the person was, you know, they were so, so, so tiny in that scene that they were, you know, barely recognizable as a person And that, you know, I, I think that it's the same kind of idea that if you put something of known known scale in in a picture you can really emphasize how large something is or or how small sometimes too but definitely just you know in these vista scenes if you can put a person in it even if it's not a picture of the person just just like a person you know walking or or, or whatever then then it can really give you that sense of, of like just how giant it is because i don't think a lot of people a lot of people that live in the south or on the east eastern states don't and they've never journeyed out west the scale is just so much different the mountains are much much bigger and they're and you can see you can see further and the mountains are bigger the canyons are deeper it's just everything is is on a much much different scale and and, you know, it's like I, I just wish more people would could get to see that because you can you can see it on TV or a picture, but it's mu- as as you know, it's much different when you go there yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I 100% agree with with, with with everything you said. So, you know, you talked about this earlier in the podcast, and I, I think this is a, a great thing to talk about, especially in relation to Grand Canyon. So you rafted down the Colorado River. You and your son Bryce did a rafting trip. So kind of like you know give us like an overview of what that was like so like you know what year did you do it like how did you kind of find out about getting into it like you know what did you do like kind of take us through that if you're going to like narrate a story Sure. yeah i think so i think that was about 20 uh, about 2016 is when we did that yeah it should should be somewhere around i think it was 2016 and so I did not realize so so I had I had always wanted to do that and there's um for the most part you have to use a professional like guide service unless you're like just you know super duper into rafting and, and kayaking and stuff there are ways you can do it yourself but you really have to know what you're doing so definitely you know that that was not me we knew we had to go through a, a guide service and started looking into it and you had to be 12 years old to do it. So I was planning on taking Bryce when he was 12. Um, so I looked into it when he was like 
you know, 11 and a half, say, and then I find out that, oh, they, they, you can't just book it for like six months from now. You have to book it from about two years from now. So, and you, and you kind of enter a lottery and you fill out a request form about which, which trip you want, because they kind of have different, different lengths of trips on the Colorado river through the Canyon. And then, and then of course there's a different, um, different times to go different seasons and so you kind of rank order like trips like and so i put a big priority on going in either the spring or the fall i knew i did not want to go in the winter and i did not want to go in the summer just because the temperatures are so extreme you know a rafting trip in the right. in the winter when it's really cold that did not sound good and then the, the canyon can get so brutally hot in in the summer and so I knew, you know, trying to, you know, trying to, to sleep and stuff when it's 95 degrees, even at night or something, that did not sound fun. So rather than focus on the, the length of the trip, I said, I, you know, I'll do, I'll make the length work. Um, it, but I wanted to go in either the spring or the fall. And so we ended up pulling the, um, so the, the fall trip and it was so, so we did, it was really, it's really like a half, it was a half it was the second half of the trip. So the way that it, the full trip, I think was about 21 days or something or the, the way that they did it. And so at like day nine or 10, they make it to, to Phantom Ranch. And so that's, that's why we hiked down into it. Like the other people had started, like they had taken vans and got in the boat to start the trip. Like, you know, upstream and we hiked down and with another couple, uh, and then, t so four people hiked out four, four people that did the first half of the trip, got off the boats, ended their trip and left and left four spaces on the boats for us. And so we hiked down and started the trip. So most of the people on the trip, I think there was about maybe, maybe 20, maybe 20 guests uh, and then probably 10, eight or 10 guides. And, um, but most of them had been on the trip the whole time when we joined the trip, but it, it was, so we did about, it was about 10 days from when we got on until we got off the boats, you know, it was about, about 10 days or so. Right. So, so you kind of joined, um, halfway into the trip for those people that had started it. Yes. So, so I would love to, you know, I'd love to go back and do the whole thing again someday where we spent more, you know, where you did more of a, a trip that was like, like 20 days or something where you, where you were on the water. And there's a little bit of variability based on, on that. And, and it depends on what type of boat that you, that you take. So I, I had, uh, you know, read about the exploration of the Canyon and John Wesley Powell rafting, the, rafting through the Canyon. And, um, so we went with a company called Oars, which they do rafting trips, and they're I think they're considered one of the one of the best ones. And they they have an option where instead of just taking a big um, like the traditional rubber raft that you see rafting through all of you know on on any guided river trip, they do these wooden dory boats where they have like oars where it, it was they're more like the boat that that uh john wesley powell took through the canyon and 
so we do these we went on these wooden boats where there's the guide sits in the center kind of on an elevated platform with two large oars and rows through the rapids so we did not actually you know the the advantage of doing a rubber raft kind of thing is you, is you can do some of the rowing yourself but you get a much more intense ride on the, the on the wooden dory boats they really rock up and down they stay higher they stay much higher in the water than the than the rubber rafts do and they have to they have to be really good at, you can't hit you can't hit rocks the same way you can in a rubber raft if you hit a rock you just bounce off of it or scrape over it in these these dory boats they 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 spend a lot of the guides are really skilled at at boating them and you know you have to you have to really plan your course through these rapids so that you don't smash and damage the boat which they said that they said that definitely happens they take um they have repair kits with them and stuff in case they smash a hole in the boat but we were lucky and we came really really our guide came really really close to smashing into a rock during one of the big rapids but we we just missed it and in fact his the oar smacked the rock really hard and when i heard that i thought that he i thought that the the back of the boat hit hit the rock and so i was was thinking we smashed a hole in it but but he didn't the guide was the guide was a lot better than i gave him credit for he he did a great job yeah no that's uh i I didn't know that they still did it in the wooden dory boats that's that's super intense um so you know like many people have been to grand canyon and seen it from the rim or maybe even they took bright angel trail which is one of the most popular trails there and and kind of took it halfway down to the canyon but you amongst a couple maybe however many people uh decided to you know go down the river so and you talked earlier about john wesley powell and you know him kind of being an explorer of the canyon back in like the 1800s so like was it something like that, like the appreciation of that history that made you want to do something so intense? Like what initially piqued your interest in doing that? I think that was, that was part of it, just to get a totally different experience from it. And it really, you are, you are totally unplugged when you're on that trip. And, and, and honestly, you know, I was just, you know, this, this whole idea of, of a trip like that where you're totally unplugged is probably almost a thing of the past already i was just reading um how the the starlink the elon musk starlink stuff that's that's going to have internet available to anywhere you can see the sky soon which is i think is mostly you know 90 percent. that's a really good thing Mm -hmm. um but there is something to be said where you know we had no cell coverage no phones no texting we took our phones, but the phone was, um, you know, the phone was the camera for me, um, for that trip. So for like 10 days, completely unplugged from, from the world and just focused on, you know, living in the here and now. And, and, you know, it sounds a little, it sounds a little hokey or something, but there it's, it's really hard to get that experience in the modern world. There's you're, you're distracted with, you know, you're just full of distractions with everything, watching internet videos and getting texts and emails and all of the social media and, you know, watching sports events and news and all that kind of stuff. We didn't have that for like 10 days straight. And it was, 
we didn't I didn't miss it and it was it was really cool to to like wake up in the morning and just you know know you would just focus on okay so we, we pack up our stuff we got to we that's that's our job is you know first we we get up and we we pack up for the morning then we go you know get coffee at, at the at the the mess tent and, and eat breakfast and then you get ready and, and you get on the boats and you have like a you know you, you you just had like a routine where you you were never looking you were living in the moment some more you were looking forward to like you'd be hungry and be like okay we'll be stopping for lunch in an hour and you look forward to that but you know you weren't you weren't worried that you had errands to run or you know things to do it was just that that was very you lived in the moment and that was a really cool part of the trip and you got to know these other people that were on the trip with you it's not my strong suit but i but i really enjoyed i ended up really enjoying that and and mm -hmm. that idea that it really forces you to to live in the moment and to enjoy nature around you like it, it's it's a lot different than if you're you know just standing on the rim and looking at the view and then you're like okay well we got to get back to you know we got to get we got to leave because we're gonna we got to go eat dinner somewhere and the restaurant's gonna close and you know well, we didn't have to worry about that, you know, camping right on the river. Right. Yeah, no, that's a that, that's a very interesting point. I, I would imagine that something like that, you know, being that detached from technology, like you said, would really, like, just like how you said, living in the moment, it would really make you appreciate the journey more. Because yes, you have photos and videos, but it's more of like a core memory kind of etched there because there wasn't anything else to distract you from what was going on. And then, so, and then I, I, I remember this memory too, from that trip when we finally, when we, at the end of the trip, we get on these uh, vans and we're, um, and they're, they're driving us to, to, from the, from the river to, to Flagstaff where we're, you know, everybody's parting ways at Flagstaff and catching and, mm -hmm. and flying out from the airport there and trips over. But a, as we cross into like cell coverage, everybody you know turns on their phone and so this you know van full of people everybody is getting all these alerts and text messages and so you could easily you know i could easily check and see when that trip was because when we got out the first things that flashed through like on got alert on the phone is tom petty you know the rock rock star he had died when we were down at the bottom of the canyon and that big uh Las Vegas shooter where he, where the guy, you know, that nut was, was in a, in a tower and shot up the music festival and killed a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So it was like a huge bummer. Like we went from this like high of being, you know, loving this trip, turn on the phone, like one of my favorite, you know, rock, rock stars has died unexpectedly. And then there was a terrible shooting tragedy. It was, you know, a terrorist shooting tragedy. I'm like, we need to just turn these phones off and go back to the river. That's what it, that's kind of what it felt like. That, that's a very interesting point to make, especially just with the fact that, you know, it's not like you were, it's not like you were without technology for a year or even a month. You were only without it for 10 days. And right. And in those short 10 days, like these two things that in relation to like pop culture, well, well one's pop culture, the other's just current events or news, um, two very dramatic things happen. And um, no, that's 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 very interesting to think about the fact that you just were just off for just that little, and then um, 
you know, it's like, oh, well, why did we even turn these back on? Now we just, (laughs) I know. And and so I think, unfortunately, I think that, 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 that experience is, you know, I think that that experience is not going to, is not really going to be the same in just a few, in just a year or two, or, you know, not long because there'll be satellite internet all over. And so, you know, hopefully they can find a way on these trips to keep people, you know, you don't need to be, you know, in my opinion, the trip would lose something if people are down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, you know, texting people or, you know, watching an episode of The Office when you're at the bottom of the Grand Canyon instead of sitting by the campfire and and talking and, you know, looking at the stars and the things that people have done all throughout time when they're on a camping trip like that. Um, But, you know, I can't recommend that trip enough. It was incredibly expensive, but I understand why it was so expensive, like the, the amount of gear and the expertise of the of the guides. I mean one of the guides there had been he had spent you know I'd, I'd have to look at it again but he'd had whole like he was a legend our trip leader he turned 60 i think when he was on on the trip but oh, he wow. had spent he had spent years on the river like because he'd done he'd guided so many trips and he was like a legend in that rafting community and just the amount of you know the amount of knowledge and experience that he had it was it was really cool to 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 have him as the trip leader and to know that you know you were in good hands and they did they do everything you know just absolutely first class on that trip they the guides are you know incredibly talented and has spent lots of time on the river a lot of them have really interesting backgrounds one of the the guy that we um, rode in his boat quite a bit was uh, he had been on the U.S. ski team, so you know a, a super athletic guy had been you know a professional skier on the on the um, Olympic ski team and had some kind of injury, career-ending injury, and so started um, being you know a river guide and worked his way up to the being a Grand Canyon river guide. But I mean the food they make a they 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 do an amazing job with the food and they made a big deal at like, um, you know, they'd been on the river. I think it was, you know, maybe halfway into our part of the trip. So they're, you know, 15 days into this trip and they break out ice cream and, and steaks. And so we had like, you know, Mm -hmm. steaks and ice cream because they packed them in, in dry ice and, you know, wrapped them and packed them with insulation and they're in Yeti coolers and you're able to have like legit ice cream after you've been on this trip for like 15 days. That was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds very, uh, very unforgettable, I'd say. So, you know, going back to how you were kind of feeling maybe before or during the trip, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm incorrect, maybe you weren't feeling this way, but you know, you going with your then 12 year old son, were you, were you pretty nervous going into the trip? Like, cause I mean, it's, it's known to be a very, like you said, powerful river and there's a lot right. of rapids. Like, were you, were you pretty nervous going into it? Or? So, you know, I really wasn't nervous about the, the boating part of it. It was more, it was more just like, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Like social butterfly at all. And Bryce is certainly not either. So it was a little, it was definitely a little weird 
joining someone else's trip. So like, I think it would have been a lot more normal experience if we if we had all started out, you know, at the same time. But it was weird because we joined this trip and they already had a vibe going for a week and they all knew each other by that point because they'd been spending the, you know, every waking moment together. And, and you get, and you really are, you're kind of like, you, you do some, there's some weird stuff in a group like that where, you know, just be, the, the logistics of, you know, people eating and, and, you know, using the bathroom and stuff all around each other all the time you get pretty comfortable with people pretty quick. And so it, it, it's, it wasn't a big thing, but it was definitely a little weird, a little kind of intimidating joining someone else's trip. Everybody was super nice and welcoming, but it took like a day or two before we were acclimated into the trip. And then and, and Bryce was the youngest member by quite, quite a bit on the trip. So he was, that was, everybody really enjoyed you know, and he's, he's a likable, he's a likable kid. And I think there was a, a guy that had his daughter, but she was like in her early twenties or something. So, you know, you've got a 13 year old and then jump up into like a 22 year old or something like that. So he, he was, he was kind of the star of the show for a lot of these, these, the guides and stuff I really enjoyed spending time with him, but it was, it was, a, it was a cool trip, but you know, as far as I really felt like, just like the, the, the guides, you know, we keep, we're, we're going to keep, keep everybody safe. And they, and they did. So I never really felt like super, super nervous about it. Like maybe something, there was one, um, lava, uh, what's it called? Lava, lava falls is, is the biggest, it's one of the most like notorious rapids of the grand Canyon. And so therefore like all of North America, like, because the, the Colorado and the grand Canyon is like iconic and like, you know, that's one of the, you know, the, the highest, one of the, the, you know, the biggest, baddest white water, some of it is on the Grand Canyon and that lava, lava falls is towards the end of the trip. And so that, that's the, the biggest rapid on the, on the Colorado. And so I think everybody was a little bit nervous about that one because you hear, you know, sometimes people fall off and stuff. And so actually that lead guide, he actually did fall in on that, but he was able to get out really, get back in his boat really quick, but he got, hit hit by a wave and, and briefly came out of the out of his boat but got right back in and was I didn't even know until you know afterward because I, we were not in his boat at the time but and so you know he, his boat was up ahead I could see it but I didn't you know there's so much going on going through these crazy rapids that I didn't we didn't see him fall off I think I may have that on video where um because i had the gopro going during lava falls but it, it's the, the some of those rapids were definitely very intense right no that and that's good to know though too that uh you know since you paid money for that and and you're waited so long to go on it that you have enough trust in the guides to not really feel that nervous um so i think that's i think that's very good and shows you that they're a pretty professional company um so you know Earlier, you talked about how doing that trip kind of changed your perspective on sort of your relationship, like people's relationship with technology and just how social media can really take you out of living in the moment. But uh, going back to the park or the Grand Canyon, how do you think that uh, rafting trip changed your perspective of the Grand Canyon or the park itself? 
I mean, it's it, it's hard to it would be hard to overstate that. Like it's just so. I feel like, you know, I didn't. I, I know just the feel for it, and it, it's more. It's more just like a like a a, a, a feeling, than because we spent so much time you know you're looking i mean for one you're looking you're basically looking up the whole time so you're just seeing the canyon from a completely different perspective and you're seeing all of the the rapids and so it was just and I, you know we've done some some minor rafting stuff but certainly not like a like have not spent a lot of time rafting and so that that part of it was just so such a new experience just you know adapting to life on a boat and and being you know being in the life vest all all the time and being in and out of the water and um done camping before and done done a lot of backpacking when I was younger but this was the first time we'd spent a lot of time on the river and it was just like I said, it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to overstate it because like, it was just, it's so different, like to be on the water and and to experiencing it, experiencing the Grand Canyon on the water. And, you know, it was just, it it, it did very much change the way I I think about it. Like you sort of think about, I think beforehand, you think about, well, it's the great, it's all about the Grand Canyon and, and it is, but then you realize that, oh, it's, you know, the river, the Colorado River carved the Grand Canyon. And now, you know, and now you're on that, you're on the Colorado. So you're, you're, you're seeing, you know, just a whole different side of it. Like the, the, the river was such a dominant part of, of that trip. I mean, obviously it is because it's a rafting trip, but, but it really changes. So when I think of the Grand Canyon now, I don't just think of the vistas standing, you know, from the top and looking down. I think about how we were on these boats and would float around the corner during the golden hour. And now you're just seeing the walls of the canyon shoot straight up as far as you can see. And I think about looking at the stars from down there. And we were there. I think the moon was super bright for part of it. I think I remember like the moon being so bright. That I felt like I'm gonna have a hard time going to sleep because it's too light like out here. It was, it was, it was very cool. Right. No. I and I'm sure you know um, it changes your perspective not only in kind of just the grandeur of the canyon and and how big and expansive it is, but it's it's interesting to note that your appreciation for the river changed because you kind of forget when you're looking at the canyon that it was carved by a river. So then to know that this river that is a lot smaller than it was millions of years ago, but it's still very powerful. It's like, oh, wow, this w- what we're on now once basically carved this canyon out, and it's what created this, which is you're kind of like on a part of living history in a way, which is really interesting to think about. Right, and you, you talk about scale. I remember reading about it um in in different things and this this just kind of blew my mind they talked about the the spanish were the first to kind of um explore that area um and and you know the the area of, of the grand canyon and they 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 didn't understand the scale of it at all and they it took a long time for them to actually be able to get down very far into the canyon Mm -hmm. but they 
they didn't have anything when they looked at those vistas that there was they didn't understand just how big it was and they had this they honestly thought that when they were seeing the colorado river from so far away and from above they thought that it was something that they thought it was like a creek that they could just jump over and they didn't realize that it was a huge you know a huge river a huge raging river and they just didn't because there weren't you know there aren't big trees in the canyon they that's the way that they would mark you know a scale for something like a tall tree and since there there weren't really any trees they didn't really have any way and you know a rock there's no way to know how big a boulder is and there's no way no way to know how big a river is so they just really struggled to to comprehend how big the Grand Canyon was. And I, I found that fascinating because, you know, our, we have these other ways to, you know, to look at it and everybody knows it's really big, but to just to think that they were thinking that the Colorado river was just some tiny little stream or something just seems mind blowing to me. That is, that is very interesting to know, especially because I think honestly, if we didn't have the access of information, the, the access to information that we do today, I think, you know, we might not think it's a small creek, but definitely it would be hard for us to scale because if you're standing on the top of the rim, I mean, you have to think to yourself, that's the highest point of the canyon. So, you know, something you're you're looking at at the bottom is so incredibly far away that it's really hard to comprehend how long it would take you to get there if you were able to walk to it in a straight yeah, line. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Right, so it's it's just just like you said, you know, like you going on the river kind of changes your perspective of that. And it's really probably even makes it even more big because then you're not just looking at the river that's that far away, but then you're actually there. And then you're looking up at where you could have been standing on the rim, which is super interesting to to think about and and really hard to grasp in in a mental sense. You kind of really have to go there and see it for yourself to really understand the scale. Um, Yeah, definitely true. Right. So, uh, you know, you had said that you would do it again in a heartbeat or um, if you were to do it again, you would do the full 20 day excursion instead of just hopping in halfway through. So are are you just dead set on that? Because, you know, it's just (laughs) such a unforgettable experience and you kind of want to experience that like feeling of being away from kind of society and just enjoying the moment is is that kind of why you're you would do it again in a heartbeat you think yeah yeah it is i i really i mean there are other ways you can get that experience but it it just hit that real sweet spot of you know you're doing something that's like new and it's an adventure for you and you're you know you're you know i'm not a rafter so kind of guy so you're um, you're doing something new, you're challenging yourself. And like I said, they don't, you don't, there's not a lot of drudgery on it. Like you don't, you don't have to do a lot of, you know, work. You take care of your own stuff. You're, you're, you know, we, we, um, we slept in a tent a few nights cause they'll, they have a tent for you. But a lot of times we were just sleeping on an inflatable pad and in a sleeping bag on the, on the, you know, on the ground open air because the the weather was so nice when we were there um but i would do it do it again it just you know there's so much you, you're spending kind of all your time just doing cool stuff you know the, 
they take you on some some hikes when you're on the you know in the in the canyon because there's some like side canyons and stuff you can go go into and waterfalls and it was just awesome so i mean i would try to if i was it's mainly just um you know finance limited like that that would be what kept me from doing it again it's just very expensive trip but um you know and if i was going to do half i'd probably try to do the first half this time if if i couldn't Mm -hmm. do the whole thing just because it would get to see you know the half of the the canyon that we didn't see which i hear that i think i think you know, I don't think it's like a, a one is better than the other thing, as far as I could tell. I think you, you, there's lots of great rapids and lots of good side hikes and lots of cool, you know, cool things to see on both halves of the trip. Right, right. Well, I think uh, I think we've covered uh, quite a bit here. I think that was a very interesting conversation, especially how you talked about, you know, you kind of started with the scale and the photography and how to capture that, but really it's interesting to note that if you can kind of do something like your raft trip or get out into the back country and, and kind of get away from the crowds, it really, really changes your perspective, not only on the Canyon, but just how, how like different we are in modern society really. And just how it changes your perspective as a whole. But, um, I, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Thank you, David, for coming well, in. Well, I, I certainly thanks for having me. It was a great. It was great to relive those memories because just you know, just taking the time to to relive memories like that. That's that's, you know, that's that's a big part of it. You you make these memories, and and you know, you should you should take time to to enjoy them. And you know, I know I know I, I and I need to. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Bryce about it today. I think see talk to him about it because that was such a big a big thing for, for mine, his relationship is to spend all that time together. So I enjoyed talking about it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day and uh, I hope Bryce remembers it and cherishes it as fondly as you do. All right. Thanks a lot. Evan. you have a good day. Yep. Thank you. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the nature's Mike podcast. Today we've done some great exploring of Grand Canyon National Park and some of the incredible things you can experience there. Join us next time as we explore another one of America's spectacular national parks.